Hey, Jack. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Welcome to the Celluloid Ashram. Wow, thank you. Thank you for having me. And we are in the heart of Hollywood, as always. Or no, I'm usually in Van Nuys. But we're um, in front of Company 3 after having seen the dailies for your project. Yeah, well, they look great. I'm very excited. <laughs> so um, back us up here a little bit. Uh, How did you get your start? Uh, I started as an actor. My degree is in uh, live theater, stage theater, in acting and directing, and I started out as a stage actor. Um, once I graduated from college, I moved to uh, New York City, where I was pursuing a career in acting, and did a few things on stage, off Broadway, off, off, off Broadway, and uh, somewhere in there, some things happened, and I just kind of like wasn't loving the stuff I was having to do as an actor, and and had to ask myself like why I was doing it, and I realized uh, some somewhere down the line that. Uh, it was because of the movies I had seen when I was a kid that I was inspired and had prompted all of this stuff. And it was a big light bulb moment for me in my life. I was 27 years old, so a little bit later uh, in the process of learning how to be an artist, I guess. Uh, but uh, then I, once I realized that, I switched my focus to filmmaking, started working on set in New York, and then three years later, by the time I was 30, I moved to L.A. to, like, get involved and I just started working on set in uh, every department I didn't end up going to film school but I uh, so I just like learned by working in every department to learn what was going on and what part of the filmmaking process that they uh, that department was doing and and uh, all with the goal in mind to become a director writer uh, down the line which you know eventually happened in 20, I want to say 11, I directed my first um, music video, and then which followed by another music video, and uh, and, and a short film, and then down the line, um, and I've been making shorts and documentaries and music videos for the last 11 years or so now, but all digital up until this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, um, what was it? Uh, what kind of movies influenced you? Um, I mean, first and foremost, like any nerdy young 10-year-old kid, Star Wars, like, was uh, the thing that really, I don't know, like, shocked me with the power of cinema first, because it was a story, I mean, a sci-fi story, which is great, but it ultimately was a story about a father and son, which spoke to me as a kid, um, but also early movies that I remember seeing, like old Sinbad movies in the, in the after-school programs that my mom sent me to. I'd go to see like these old Sinbad movies, and which were adventure stories, but also terrifying. Um, so movies like that. Uh, and then when I started to get older and in college, like you know, I think I saw Fight Club in '99 at, during college, and was just like, I couldn't, I didn't know movies could do that kind of stuff. I wasn't like a huge cinephile at that point, uh, or even like a major lover of films, I guess. But I started watching movies like that, and then movies like The Godfather, and going back and uh, exploring world cinema. Uh, you know, French French movies. You know, I, I love that French movies could do things that American movies were just, like, not allowed to do, apparently. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, like, I was um, talking to 
Lizette, you have a perspective that you're coming from the actor's world, right? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective for us because of the preparation you have when you're going into a film shoot versus a digital shoot. But you've never been like filmed on film. You were just in the theater, correct? Uh, no, there's some there's footage of me on on oh, film, really? and yeah, I mean, I was on <laughs> I was on uh, so I was in some short films uh, cool. and uh, some student films. Uh, I was even on All My Children. Um, for a couple of episodes, so there's a really awkward footage of me behind a bar, like pretending t- to like not be excited about being on camera. Oh. Um, and then uh, what else? Oh, I'm I'm in uh, I'm like a featured background person in the film Garden State oh, uh, by Zach Braff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a film uh, so you can see, yeah, so you can see the back of my head a couple of times pretty clearly. Right on. And. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but I didn't spend a lot of time being in front of the camera, which I'm kind of happy about. Right. Um, so like, so now that you've uh, came out from Iowa, mm-hmm. well, actually you lived in New York for eight years, seven years. I lived in New York for seven years. I moved then from New York to uh, Los Angeles, lived here here in LA for seven years. And then once I, I felt like I was ready to make a feature, so I moved back to Iowa because I had a story in mind and I wanted to shoot there. Um, so I spent six years in Iowa trying to get my feature off the ground uh, and not having success doing that, but I made a bunch of other shorts and, and, uh, and a short proof of concept for my, for my feature. And during those six years, I just, I just realized like it was... You know, I kind of reached the ceiling. I, I had a lot of success. I was, you know, I was named a fellow by the uh, Iowa Arts Council and was awarded this fellowship by the state government in Iowa, which is really awesome. I, had, you know, I'm very thankful for all the support that they gave me. But uh, and then at the end of the day, like getting a feature off the ground, especially, you know, during COVID and now post COVID ish, uh, it just became apparent to me that like I needed to get back sort of into the mix of where the business was happening and that's you know here in LA uh and I'm I'm glad I did what was the um the drive to want to shoot on film as you know like celluloid film what was it that said that you had to just kind of do it yeah I, I mean me as an artist I'm I'm a slow moving vehicle, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tortoise, not a hare. Uh, and it seems to me over the years, all of the sets that I've been on, like technology is moving so fast yeah, yeah. and, and therefore, uh, film crews have to move fast yeah. and, and, and just the pace of all of that, it just doesn't, it doesn't agree with necessarily how I like to move, which is kind of slow and plodding a little bit. Uh, sadly, I mean, I can move fast when I need to, obviously, but, uh, I just, and also, not for nothing, but like all of the digital projects that I've made over the years, I've been coloring them to look like film right. for this whole time using plugins and whatnot. Right. So, like, I love the aesthetic of film. I always have. The films that I love and have spoken to me over the years all shot on film, you yeah, know, yeah. from the films of the 70s, uh, 80s, and 90s. Like, those were all shot on film. So, uh, it... Took, it just made sense. It just made movie. sense. It took me a while yeah. to arrive at that conclusion, but yeah. you know, I just moving back out here and really reassessing like my personal approach to making art, uh, it sort of like led me down this road of curiosity. I'm like, why can't you? You know, and I've seen other things and and uh, that are shot on film recently, and and uh, you know, little 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 markers that were just telling me like, hey, look into this, look into this, 
And uh, so I think it was August. I went home to work on a project, home to Iowa. And uh, on my way back, I was listening to podcasts on the drive. And I just, some something was like, man, you got to look hard into this. And so I looked for a podcast and uh, there was this little podcast called the Celluloid <laughs> Ashram. Sorry about the audio. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, but, uh, you know, all of a sudden I felt like, oh my God, there is a community of people like me yeah. and that, uh, you know, that are excited about this same thing and same approach and, um, and sort of not the preciousness, but like the intensity and the intention that you really bring to, and maybe that comes from my, my time in the live theater, but, uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to create Immediacy. real immediate, yeah. truthful, honest yeah. moments that are organic. And, you know, I think sometimes that stuff can be overlooked because you're moving fast and because it's digital and, and you don't have to, you can just shoot and shoot and shoot right. on digital and find the performance in post and find the performance in post. But Which like is, it, when you're limited yeah. and you, you requires focus, attention to detail and know. real truth, yeah. true intention in those moments, then yeah. that I find, you know, you have to prepare for that stuff and really get yourself ready to be in those moments and that is the intention and attention uh, that I think you have to have when you're making things on film. Right. So that's really what drew me to it. Now that was the theory behind that part, <laughs> but how did it actually progress during your shoot here? This is the first film you've ever shot. Yeah. Your first project, your first film. This is incredible because I love talking to people who shoot on, obviously, you know, that, that uh, shoot their first project on film because I want to know their perspective and everything. But as far as the plotting side, the more sort of mm -hmm. slower paced, mm -hmm. <laughs> did you find that to be true? Well, no, we shot fast <laughs> as hell. We shot so fast on the Saturday. We shot in move, eight move, pages move. or whatever in the theater, yeah. and we moved quickly. Um, and, you know, I think especially on this first project of mine, I, I was prepared but not as prepared and we, as I would have liked to be, which seems to be happy. Uh, How much more true. prepared could you be, though? I like to, I like to be like sort of over-prepared personally. I like okay. to storyboard things out really well. Yeah. Uh, I did some of that, but not as much as I would have liked. Um, I like to spend more time doing scouting and, you know, and maybe rehearsing. But sure. So, you know, I think maybe in the future. But this being my first film, it was really about getting it done getting it done which is i know yeah. you like <laughs> um uh getting the, having the experience and be you know and not for nothing but like you know with 11 years of film making directing experience at this point like i'm i come fairly well prepared to yeah. like execute on the day even if we have to play jazz a little bit yeah. you know what i mean which well, that's what i love about the fact because you i would say at at that speed that we're going you're just going by instinct and honestly, I think that that feels more sort of, it's going to be, I, I don't know, I just feel like that's going to be really, you'll see it on the screen, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Um, and, you know, and some of that stuff is, it will garner up some really amazing results in, in those moments because we discover stuff and like that's when, you know, real like cinematic gold can happen. I mean, yeah, you know. exactly. Do you, is there any directors that you kind of want to um, kind of watch and kind of want to be more, you know, hey, that's a good way to work? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I don't, I, I'm, I, I love the films of Kelly Reichard and, right. uh, and Lynn Ramsey. Uh, I love uh, Danny Boyle, yeah. you know, I love David Fincher. We'll never do that many takes on things, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I love their movies. Um, there's just Darren the, Aronofsky? I love, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love Darren Aronofsky and I love uh, that he's, you know, he comes from the world of film as well. Absolutely. Um, I'm learning that aspect of like the working and, and the how to be creative within the confines of actually shooting on film because yes. digitally yeah. you can do th so many things in post with what you shoot that uh it's just a sort of a different sh uh, shift in mindset in that you know I, I, and, and i'm discovering things up until you know the last week before we shot this double exposure stuff i was yeah, like yeah. i just saw that in some of your work yeah. and uh, I was happy to steal those techniques from you. <laughs> hey, I stole it from Tony Scott. So yeah, yeah. So, like, it, but it looks organic and it looks cool, and I can't wait to learn more about these techniques to use on film because I just, I just love the results. Um, maybe more than something you can kind of manufacture and post with. It's it. weird that people don't, they don't, um, in terms of that kind of uh, effect, right? Mm. It didn't. Uh, I got the feeling that it didn't. Um, it's not as they don't come to that conclusion or uh, discovery. When I'm watching Man on Fire, for instance, Tony Scott's Man on Fire, I see that double exposure, the cross processing, the crunchiness, and yeah. I've I've I have a friend who was a colorist working with Tony Scott at one point, and he's like, that guy does not have any level of consistency. He loves taking risks. Yeah. He's a nut, and that's what you get, like that kind of energy in his movies, a frantic energy that uh, is punk rock, right? right. Um, so what are, what's the, in this project that you just went through <laughs> mm -hmm. an uncontrollable, for the most part, you've set in a very uncontrollable, uh, environment. Let's see. Hollywood Boulevard, oh, yeah. no population control, a child, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> swimming pool. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, I mean, you know, uh, in theory, I knew how all of it was going to work, and it worked out actually kind of exactly how I expected it yeah. to. And yeah, there was some uncontrollable factors, especially when we're shooting on the streets of Hollywood with no permits and uh, <laughs> and no PAs and no controlling of the population. But like, that's kind of what I wanted too. You know, I wanted it to feel like that, and I wanted yeah. that energy to be transferred onto the celluloid and. We got exactly what it's I incredible. had anticipated, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. in a frame that looks beautiful and, and I think executes what I had intended. So now the other, you know, the other stuff like, I mean, making art and especially cinema, it's risky. So and we're telling risky stories that that are hard for people to, you know, I, I, that's the kind of stuff I like is to, to see things that it's hard for people to go through and to address it and to observe it and to participate in those moments so that hopefully we can all come together in some way, shape or form, uh, you know, in regards to that material or, or how that affects us personally. And, you know, if we, you know, yeah, and we'll be taking risks as filmmakers as well. And that's, but I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think that's um, the most of the people that you mentioned, like Kelly Reichardt um, and uh, Danny Boyle and all those guys, have really stretched their sort of like independence, right? Yeah. Because the content themselves aren't like commercial. Right. Is that a sort of um, is that like those kind of stories you want to tell? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I, I have as aspirations to direct big 
budget movies as well down the line. And um, but in big budget movies, do you want to do more? Like you, you don't. Would you want to do a Marvel movie? Let's say. I, I, I would, really? but not necessarily in the style that they're being done now. Okay. Like more in the in the vein of Joker, where okay. it was like a filmmaker's voice and a filmmaker. It, yeah, you know, yeah. the Joker story from the movie is not really even the the classic Joker story from the comic books. So they used the character and used it in their own way, which is in keeping with the tradition of comic books as well, because there's lots of people telling lots of different stories and versions of stories of these characters. But I loved in Joker how they really addressed the person and what he was going through and what uh, environmental factors were affecting him and uh, and made him relatable to a certain degree. Uh, and that was powerful. And I think that comic book movies, they lack that in many instances. And then and the stakes don't really seem real because the characters don't, there's not enough... Uh, investment in the characters for you know and, and real stakes uh personal stakes well, and that's yeah, how like, people relate to characters on screen as if they, oh, there are some real personal i think that was a kind of a in the joker really confused me a little bit because i was like rooting for him Yeah, because right. <laughs> i was i was like yeah i know how he feels you empathize <laughs> yeah, yeah you totally empathize if you're empath- if your audience like, work with him <laughs> yeah if your audience is not empathizing with your characters right. then i think you're missing out on a major you know, function of cinema. But it's it's even stranger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would say like De Niro probably uh, created most of his career on antiheroes. Yeah, and that's what the Joker is. Yeah. Right. So then when we were rooting for the Joker because we're like we know exactly how it feels, and he did the right. You know, there's a lot of people who kind of identified with Joker himself, which is like kind of nuts because he is a kind of you know, uh, a, a anarchist. And well, I mean, he's a, you know, the character's a murderer too. So he's, murderer, like, he's a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. He's a bad guy. But if you, you see the inner doing. workings of how this, you know, people become bad people yeah. uh, or how they react badly, you know, it's, I mean, that's, I think it's valuable stuff to sort of explore and look into. And, and it's compelling um, more so than explosions in outer space. Right. Or people in spandex being thrown through drywall. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love that stuff too, but I do love that stuff too. But it's all and someday, but I would, yeah, I would like to. Uh, so I, I have a comic book movie in me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, oh for sure. All right, um, but uh, there's got to shoot be it some... in IMAX. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, shoot it in sixteen. <laughs> yeah, sixteen. That's what I'm talking about. So and Super Eight, mix yeah. it all. Yeah. Um, what do you think it was the? Oh, by the way, I wanted to ask you about the. <laughs> Where did you get the Super Eight camera? Uh, well, tell the audience what they Yeah, I, I mean, I got my Super 8 camera. Uh, it's a Canon, um, what is it? 1014? Yeah, 1014. Uh, I just got it off of eBay uh, from a, a, a camera reseller in uh, Japan. Uh, they keep their material and their... their uh, I've had really good luck with uh, several sellers in Japan. They keep their uh, equipment really clean and pristine condition. And, you know, it's a, it's a later model super eight camera, I think from the eighties. So it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not as old as some of the older super eight cameras. So it's still in, you know, it's maybe it's got 10 years on some of these cameras that are a lot older that break down and whatnot, but, uh, it's worked almost perfectly, (laughs) uh, with a little, you know, weird little glitch, but, um, for the most part, I did, you know, with the tests that I did, it looked like it was going to work, and it worked. 
Um, I mean, we'll see what we'll see we the get one the underwater, underwater stuff. Back. Yeah, yeah. And the underwater <laughs> stuff was just like me. That was incredible. I like <laughs> visualizing things that are are challenging and, and perspectives that I know are gonna, you know, render some really incredible cinematic results. Insane. You know, so like yes, put the camera in a underwater Thank housing. You. And have a five-year-old jump into a pool that's not heated. I'm sorry. What a trooper Chloe, oh, sorry, Chloe. is. She's amazing. Uh, yeah, and her parents were lovely to work with. But, yeah. but yeah, like, ultimately, that I think will, you know, make some pretty compelling cinema. Yeah, I, um, I, I have a friend who also made a he made an entire feature on Super Eight. Mm. And I was just thinking to myself, like, oh my god, like, all these things that could go wrong on some on a gear that isn't meant to be like taken completely professionally seriously Mm -hmm. and then it yields these incredible results regardless right and then people are trying to recreate that somehow you're just doing it in camera you have this it seems like you you just really want to do it right do it the right way i mean the immediate like i find that the and maybe again this is my from my my stage theater background but I, I find that those moments those immediate moments that happen in front of the camera like that's where that that seed that spark of creation happens and so yeah I want to do it all in camera in as organic a way as possible and that again leads me back to film yeah. Um, and yeah while it's a risk we're shooting on a Super 8 camera that's <laughs> uh, how many years old like thir- 40 years old I guess at this point yeah. um that wasn't meant to be a movie camera. At the same time, it's a movie camera, you know? I, and I love the results that you get from Super 8 film. Um, so treating it like a movie camera was just like, well, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like, let's just use it as the, you know, the vantage point. So um, Natalie and I were talking actually yesterday about this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Just kind of ambushed her on this podcast, like I'm ambushing you now. As per usual. As yeah. per usual. Um and uh, Nabila, <laughs> let's talk about this ambushing, because <laughs> I heard about the idea, you wanted to shoot it, and it could have sat around for a little bit longer as you felt like you were about to get ready, yeah. and those days start to get pushed, right? Yeah. The holidays are coming up, so you're right. like, no, nah, we'll just do it next year, Right. but she dragged you, pushed you off yeah. the ledge, and it was like a blind rush to get everything in order kind of yeah and that energy is incredible like i am so impressed like i saw a call sheet all of a sudden like what yeah and then because i'm typically used to shooting one day a week because you know i'm tired and i hate being on set of course right but um it was incredible that it was like in three days let's do it okay we did it yeah right yeah no, I mean, and that's how I've always shot my films up until this point. Usually I'm, you know, low on cash or, or like have a grant or something and we have to get it done. And, and really, I mean, the way to do it is just do it. Just get do it, it right? Just get it done. Yeah. And and Nabila is amazing I'm, as a first time producer and, and as a driver. Uh, and when we, you know, when we talked about 
shooting a film first, uh, which was June, July, July, August, somewhere right in there. Yeah. Uh, she was just like, what can we shoot in a weekend? Like, what can we do? Let's do something. Yeah. And yeah, it took a little while, a few months. To, I mean, and that was about the time I was meeting you and learning what I wanted to learn and, yeah. pro- and proposing to her, like, I've never done this, but how about we shoot it on film? And she's just always game and always there to like help push the thing forward, which right. was tremendously well, the, the original, The original idea, as you told me, was to do it the more union town way, which was to, and would have escalated your budget to a certain degree. Oh, yeah. And also like add in a lot of other things that would oh, have yeah. been like, in a sense that sort of derails a lot of people because of all the red tape, all the bureaucracy of making movies. Right. You know, there's something, I, I do you feel like we all need somebody like a Nabila to kind of push us into action well we i mean this is a collaborative medium you know so we all need a lot of people and a lot of friends and and co-workers that are friends and that you're on the same page with and and for me as a director like yeah i need a i need someone to believe in me yeah, and yeah. to enable me and for me to enable them and for this to create this cycle of creative energy and yeah. so she was invaluable to the process yeah. um, that support system is not common by no, the way no it's really not it's and it's I've now. really not had that yeah. for most of my for almost all of my projects usually I'm, a, I'm just like the driving force behind everything yeah, exactly. and I mean you know I think as a filmmaker especially starting out filmmakers you, you have to have the drive and follow through to get these projects and to just be like well I don't have everything I need but you know what we're going to get yeah, this yeah, yeah. done yeah. and we're going to do it and of course, then, you know, you got to have a support system of filmmaker friends. And, and that was really the theme for this this short film was like, I'm making a movie with my friends. Yeah. Because, yes, we did start it off as a as a SAG production. We, we wanted to cast a SAG actor in the lead uh, who I had actually written the thing for. I had intended to work on this with her for a while. And uh, and she, for whatever reasons, uh, for she had her reasons, but she passed, you know. And, but, and that simplified everything tremendously because going through SAG and making it a union production, yeah, there was like insurance, which I did have insurance, but uh, payroll, um, union concerns, uh, lots of, you know, lots of different logistical pieces of the puzzle that are normal and we work in this business, so it's like we're used to those, but for shooting a little movie with your friends on the weekend, like removing some of those constraints uh, allowed a lot of freedom actually yeah. um, that's actually great advice like remove a little bit more the fat cut the fat out yeah and then just see what you can do and make it yeah. there's some people who are unable to cut that fat because sure. they are not able to be flexible enough to do that yeah and Nabila was like do it <laughs> yeah totally dry. yeah she was very enthusiastic and and f- totally flexible and like when we went when we changed it from like making a movie with our friends to yeah. this is going to be a SAG production and then back again yeah she wasn't like you know she oh, was so many like, people didn't skip yeah. a beat so many she people would have like, okay we're going we're going to go back to this and we're going to do it this way again yeah. and uh we have a collection of people that came on board to help me which I can't be I'm so thankful for uh and it was just a little adventure and yeah. filmmaking yeah you what's, know what's that's the thing is like I know I, I glibly say like it doesn't have to be good just make it yeah <laughs> but there's something energetic and uh, little rascals about it where we just throw everything yeah. in the wagon and just you know go out there and, and make something I know right. we're not you know 
these other guys who put up yellow signs on the side of the road and right. whatever. But I, this is more fun to me than that kind of stuff, this, to be honest. This was fun. I, right. I, I, and filmmaking should be fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it, we're making art. It, it should be fun. Even as intense as the material was, can be, yeah. uh, it still is fun. You know what I mean? Because you're giving everybody a collective opportunity to make something beautiful and terrible and and affecting that'll affect people you know and yeah. maybe make people come together or connect or think or talk about you know issues that maybe affect them that they don't necessarily you know normally address but so all that's really fun and yeah. we had a i had a great time making this film how was it uh, the anticipation of getting your dailies back uh, it's stressful. We still, we still have another batch that we, we do. you know. Uh, stressful. Uh, I'm feeling very, you know, I'm, and this being my first time shooting on film, there's some work that I need to do. And, and but this is, I mean, it's, you learn on every project. I continue to learn and be, and to love that part of it. Uh, and, you know, and I learned a lot. I was happy to have operated the camera yeah. and directed this one just to have that experience. Uh, I'll be happy to work with, uh, to collaborate with some more very talented cinematographers and and other, you know, uh, crew members that will. You're going to get a lot of people who want to just come out and shoot a film on film. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And let's, yeah. I mean, that's the plan because uh, once we're done with this one, let's we'll start working on the next one. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like um, I, I always wondered like how that feeling is because I I, I particularly had a more invested feeling into this project because of, mm. you know, everyone that was involved in it yeah. just, I got to go see the dailies. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was nervous for sure because I wasn't confident in my camera work necessarily. I, I, I shoot, but I don't, I've never shot anything on film necessarily. And so it was like, I was definitely, you know, uh, a little anxious, but like, I feel good about it. And now that we've, now that I've seen the dailies and, you know, it's they're not all perfect, but it's okay, and it looks great. And there's so many, obviously, there's like a lot of beautiful moments there to work with, and I'm very happy. I'm 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 still a little nervous about uh, the Super 8 footage that sure. we'll get back in a couple <laughs> weeks, probably. But I am I am hopeful. Yeah, and um, the thing is about the especially with Kodak and and their participation. I, I mean, we. We tend to just sort of scrounge and scavenge whatever outlets we have to buy film. Yeah. You were able to locate that. How hard or easy was it to find that? Uh, well, it was both hard and easy I, it, because right when I started looking into buying film stock, we were hit with a shortage of uh, film stocks, um, oh, yes. the yeah. 16 millimeter especially uh, from Kodak. So that was a little harder to find, but I found on the internet. I mean, you you found it and you recommended uh, this place uh, in Wisconsin. This guy had seen. He's probably a, he must be a, a film reseller <laughs> because he's he's been selling film on eBay, actually at really good prices. Yeah. You know, maybe even cheaper than Kodak, um, slightly. Uh, but that's so. I got most of my film from uh, a place in Wisconsin, and it has worked out really good i mean they had they had stuff in in stock and when they ran out of things uh recently uh was lucky enough to contact kodak and they had one roll of 500t in their vault here in hollywood and they and maybe because i just wanted one they were like yeah, yeah you can yeah, have yeah, it yeah. you can you can buy this so i was lucky <laughs> enough to get the extra roll of safety which we yeah. didn't end up using but it was really good to have yeah uh, so i have another 
you know, an extra role for the next project. I feel like this is the, you know, because I, I joke, but we start to stockpile shit, right? Yes, I, yes, I've... The, the, Next the, thing I know, Jack has two more roles? Yeah, what? Yeah, the addiction is real. You did warn me. It is true. It's fine. What is that feeling? It's just, well, I mean, you can't shoot unless you have it, you know, you is is the way I look at it. And if I don't want to, I don't want the impediment to be like, oh, well, yeah, we could shoot this, but you just, we're backed up and we can't, uh, you know, we can't get, get film stock to you. And like, that, dang, that's a uh, bummer. You know, because if you're ready, yeah. if you can assemble all the pieces and the one thing is like you can't get celluloid, then oh, right. that's uh, that's that sucks. So it's kind of nice to have it on hand. We're like, well, I've got three rolls of 200T. What and that can spark creativity. Like, yeah. what can we shoot on that? Like, what might that stock be really good for? Yeah, and yeah. that you can allow that to inspire uh, and inform what the next project oh, is. Oh, okay, be. I see what you mean. Like, you if know? when you have the stock, it sort of uh, encourages you to make something new like conjure something well, up to shoot yeah like a like a crisp you know $50 bill in your pocket it's going to burn a hole you know <laughs> and that's I, I, maybe it's not you know all that bad but like I do have this True, I do actually. have stock and, and uh, I will you know if I want to shoot something now we can you know or I yeah. can I can can take what I have and, and go make something whether it's a music video which I'd love to make a music video on 16 or even oh, yeah. Super 8 but uh but yeah, now now we can go shoot. It would it just be terrible to like want to go, you know, find the collaborators and then like find that culmination, that storm of of like we're getting things happening and we're gonna go shoot and we're ready to shoot, but then not to have the stock is yeah. that'd be a bummer. What um, what do you recommend to newbies, guys who just starting? I know you're you know if you yeah, consider I, yourself a newbie, but I am like a newbie. no no yeah, I mean you went through the <laughs> process and you know for the most part came out relatively unscathed yeah i think so i mean i would recommend don't panic don't panic yeah don't panic uh it's just like i mean it's kind of the same thing with digital but like get a camp get a camp like go shoot something make a plan go shoot something you're Mm. great about this with with our film group the ascf (laughs) uh we don't talk about the ASCF. what like make something that's two pages long that's two minutes don't make it a don't you don't necessarily have to make a 15 minute short film which is what i did but um just to get it done if you want to start pick up a super 8 camera yeah the shooting on super 8 is is actually pretty easy and pretty i I was looking for a super 8 camera yesterday (laughs) were you yeah yeah so yeah, like pick up a Super 8 camera and shoot something and learn learn more about exposure and what the difference between digital and film is. That's where I'm at. Uh, but uh, listen to podcasts about celluloid. Listen to the <laughs> celluloid ashram. Learn what you can learn. And then, yeah. and then make some friends in film because we're all passionate about celluloid for maybe different reasons, but, in, but also for a lot of the same reasons. And, and I think, you know, if you're interested, you're going to find, especially... In, you know, in this day and age where so much of everything made is digital, but you're going to find a community. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I am incredibly thankful and humbled to have wandered into this cool little community of filmmakers that love shooting film on film. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, I keep thinking if I, I look at it on a bigger sca- uh, scale, it's like a lot of people probably do have like groups and clubs and whatever that don't necessarily are active in trying to push people into doing things. You know, it, if Nabila wasn't involved, I, I, you know, obviously I'm going to give her full credit for this 
por portion of it. Um, but if she wasn't involved, it probably would have been like, okay, well, we can't find a theater. We can't find a yeah. swimming pool. We can't find this. Yeah. It was by her, I feel her energy to be like, when can we shoot? When do we, <laughs> like, the pushiness maybe? Yeah. But that's what I'm glad that, that she's also a part of this whole thing yeah. because of the sort of immediacy she's pushing onto um, getting it made because yeah. we have, there's a lot of hot air in this town. Yeah, no, I mean, and she's a, I mean, she's a results oriented person. Yeah. And, and so we had a goal in mind. We knew what that goal was. And, and she took the task of like scheduling meetings every week. Yeah. We didn't, sometimes we didn't know what we were going to be meeting about, but we we're just like, okay, well let's meet and let's see where we're at and let's see how we can move this thing three, four steps forward in the next week. And, yeah. and, and so if you guys are out there like listening and uh, you're in the middle of like say Ohio or something like that, that doesn't have the infrastructure to do it. Mm -hmm. If you start it, be the person to be, you know, yeah, I mean, push gotta, people to do it. You got to be a self starter in this business. You got to be a, a self starter and you got to have follow through. Yeah, follow know? through. Yes. And yes, that's sir. my personal life. I consider my strength is just like setting a goal, knowing what I want it, knowing what I want, and then having the willpower to push through to completion. Um, and it's easier to do on a short film, yeah. you know, but than it is on a feature potentially if you're if you're just starting out. So make something short yeah. and just get it done. Get your friends together. Um, get people that will bring their bit of energy to your yeah. project that are excited about it and and uh, excited. You're excited to work with them and they're excited to work with you and uh, that. It's that a, collective energy, it's, it, like I said, it it's moves a on. collaborative like, yeah. medium. It, that collective energy that everybody brings to it is going to imbue that right into uh, the project. And it's so. a, it's incredible. Like it was like one of those things where we move from one project to the next project. Yeah, it was like it it has a snowball effect. Yeah, yeah, where we just like okay, we have the energy to do it again. Yeah. Like go out and do it again, uh, which is like such a such a nice thing to have because I think a lot of people just talk their ways out of doing things sometimes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors in the world that are telling you to stop or not to do it, or it's cost prohibitive. Like there's a, whatever, yeah. like, Oh, films are expensive. Like, well, yes and no. But like, you know, if you're making little things, if you're just starting out, it's not all that cost prohibitive. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, but like, you got to push through that stuff. You got to like, I have my own, own internal, you know, uh, things that are keeping me from doing things, but you got to push through that stuff and push through, um, all of the, the external forces that are telling you like, Oh, you can't do this now. Or you, you can't do this period. Uh, you just got to push through and, and have clarity of vision and a drive and follow through and, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, you know, and then make something cool. Yeah. And with, with people that you like to work with. Yeah. That's a, it, it's such a, it's, it really is a privilege. Like I, I've ran into so many walls back in the mid, because it was a little bit harder to, to be able to shoot on film back then. And, um, nowadays it's so much easier. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of like malfunctions, film scratches, dirt in the gate. Um, but now, now that you don't have the only true investment besides, you know, obviously the cost of the, of the project itself is just time. And, um, and who, who at this point, if it's coming out of your own pocket, who are you trying to impress? You only have yourself to impress, no? Well, yeah. I mean, and as the director, as the filmmaker at the center of these projects, like you're the audience, mm -hmm. you're the first audience. You should, you know, I, I'm making movies that I want to see 
And uh, I feel like if there's something you want to watch, like you should make, make it. it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you should make it. So, it. And what else? I mean, as far as time goes, like, I mean, what are we? What are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. if you're not like, and this is a privileged position to be in as a filmmaker for sure, because it it's expensive. It can be expensive, but at the same time, like, what what are you doing with your time if if not making films? Like, when you um, this is off topic, but when you uh told your actors that you were shooting on film what was their response oh they were super stoked everybody was very excited because they don't get the opportunity to have themselves put on film like in this uh today so they were all very excited to to have that opportunity and and they delivered wonderfully also right they have that um i always wonder uh, in terms of talent some people i i don't think it um it uh they don't uh, comprehend what that means like not comprehend, but just don't know the gravity of what it means. But then they do, and then they're like, oh, that's, yeah, you yeah. can't rewind it. Yeah, it, it, so far in my experience, people, when you say, like, I'm shooting a film on film, then they get it. Yeah. They were just like, or maybe they don't, but they, they, they don't fully understand, but they know that, like, oh, that's, it's rarity. It's, serious, it's yeah. rare, and it's serious, and yeah. you're, you're doing something that, like, you you know film stock is precious you don't get unlimited takes you got you know especially starting out you you've got to you got to bring your a game and that's another thing that why i love uh making stuff on film because everybody's like that level of attention and intention is is raised because they know that they've got to like they've got limited shots at making something really good and uh they've got to you know they can't be on their cell phone yeah, which yeah. i I'm guilty of that as well, like on big digital shoots where I'm just like not paying attention because we're just like that, 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 the camera on. yeah, that, in that, uh, what's the stakes are not as high, yeah. you know, on a digital shoot. But, uh, so yeah, so I think, I mean, I, I just love that about it, that you really have to bring that attention to detail and your intention and that energy behind it. Did you, um, I mean, during the shoot for, uh, this one, what, uh, stress-wise, anxiety-wise, uh, what do you think was the hardest part? Uh, for me, it was really gauging, after 11 years of making stuff, it was gauging how much time uh, we had to to shoot and move uh, with a camera that I was unfamiliar with, uh, but also like the not being able to really uh, gauge in my head how much film we were shooting, how versus how much we had left. I knew what, like, for the amount of pages that we were covering and how many cans of film that I had, I knew what my shooting ratio was. But then when you start looking at, like, okay, well, we're going to shoot coverage of this piece of it, and then we're going to get another cover from this uh, angle, It was, and then we're going to cover it all in a, maybe a wide or something like that. But yeah. it was just hard for me to really internally... Uh, Mid measure and gauge like how much we were shooting okay. and versus like so it made me nervous to be to not know how much film I would maybe we had left or how much we were going through and whether or not we were appropriate and it turned out pretty perfect which was I think there was more than what you needed. yeah it was <laughs> a lot more which but but like that level of anxiety was like ah uh, you know I just we we did cover it pretty we covered all the material pretty well yeah um but it's just something I think I got to get used to it's okay. a different different pace and uh different internal clock that maybe I'm, i haven't developed yet as as much as i have in a digital setting yeah 
uh, but that'll just come with time and yeah I feel it comes easier more yeah. projects and yeah. I definitely intend to shoot more projects <laughs> on film so nice um, the thing with the thir- like when you when you upgrade to 35 mm. I say when yeah, definitely when. <laughs> and Forper, no. Um, yeah. Anamorphic. Oh. Uh, no, 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 again. Um, I feel like uh, it starts to be where you know, like, oh, we got that. Let's just move on. And it's burned me in the past, but, like, nowadays I feel a little bit more comfortable just because of, like, there is that internal clock. Uh, like they, Like people say, the more you do, the easier it gets, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's hard to practice directing movies anyway but uh so as often as you get an opportunity to like you learn and you experience and then i'm sure that that will come more naturally to me and i'm sure if once i start shooting on 35 the same feelings of like oh my god how much film are we burning i you know i don't know how to gauge that like those will come up again but i'm feeling like shooting on 16 this is at least giving me a nice starting point and a good bedrock of experience to where i can start to sort of internalize and how that's going and feel more comfortable and knowing when we got something and knowing, you know, when we got to go again and and what we really have to cover multiple times and what we really don't. Like we shot a wide of, you know, we shot some wides and we're like, we got it in 10 seconds. Like we got what we needed. We don't need to do this again. Like it's just a wide, it's just a a snippet and we don't need to go multiple times with that. Um, I I notice also, okay, so we don't, um, you know, when people are saying, like, on film, people are uh, more focused, especially the actors. But also, what I noticed is, because we didn't have, you know, we didn't tap on this one, we don't have playback. Mm-hmm. So now the director's memory has to be up <laughs> and focused, right? Yeah. Because then, you know, what I noticed in my own project was, like, I'll, I'll forget lines, you know, because I'm not okay. an actor. So yeah. I'll, it's like, did they drop that line? I can't tell. Yeah. Or... Is their arm up, down, whatever? Because if you had playback, you could probably, you know, get continuity. Right, right. Hey, look, I look forward to the day when we have a full complement of all the departments and I have a script supervisor on yeah. monitor and I can watch the director's monitor. I, I do. Yeah. I like I like the process of having a full a full team at my disposable or my disposal. I I, I, I look forward to those days. In the meantime. Uh, I feel like very privileged to have had the opportunity to not only direct this movie, but then to operate the camera because I'm watching it yeah, as watching well. It. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that was pretty nice. It would because it has to be in your memory. Right. How all these things fit together. Right. right. Yeah. I, I would, I would, uh, I'd like to have, I'd like to work with a, a DP and a camera operator that I could just sit next to them and really watch, even without watching a monitor. Like yeah. watch, uh, I have. You know, I, I relish the opportunity to enable and, and empower uh, other creatives that so I can just concentrate on the lines or, or, yeah. or the performance, you know, and that's because that's really the part of it that I love the most. Um, and creating images is not secondary because I love that part of it, but uh, it's I, like I said, I love to work with talented artists that, that are really good at that, and I, I'm all. I'm happy having had that experience operating the camera on my own film, but I look forward to working with other creatives. So in terms of um, uh, DP in the future, is that something that you want to look ahead of time before you start your next project, like way ahead of time, like start a relationship and whatnot? Oh, definitely. And I have some relationships with DPs, I think, already that, you know, I could start, we can start talking about projects. And and this one, you know, we, this one we pushed really hard because we just wanted to get it done. Mm-hmm. It was weird timing between... Holidays. Yeah, between the holidays. Uh, 
and so you know so a lot of people were out of town people that I would have liked to work with weren't weren't available they're traveling or with their families or whatever and that you know so the timing wasn't perfect but I mean it was perfect for what it was Uh, so down the road on larger projects uh, or different projects um, I I will definitely like to continue to develop relationships with costume designers and and uh, and DPs and and art department you know production designers like I value all of those jobs and all of those creative aspects of, of filmmaking tremendously, having worked in all of these departments now myself. Um, so, you know, yeah. down the line, we'll, we'll, we'll start those relationships and, and we'll, especially if we're working in a larger format like 35 or if we're going to make a feature, we'll, you know, I think my second favorite time, you know, in the creation process uh, is pre-production. You know, most people hate it. I I love it though. I love those relationships and developing relationships and and all of the creative energy that's flying around uh, when you're planning on making that kind of piece of art. I love that. Because you had a uh, this one was something that somebody else wrote for you. It was from a story uh, of mine that I've been kind of sitting on and mulling for quite a while. But yeah, Nabila also she recommended. a writer to work with because I was like well you know I, I, I've never actually worked with a writer before or maybe I have that's not true I have but it's most of the time I'm writing and directing um, but I was able to work with uh, Ren Whedon who is a friend of Nabila's and now mine as well uh, and he brought something to my story that I told him he brought comic relief he brought um, you know added dimension of, of uh, these different characters then uh, that really added a layer to the story that I had brought him, uh, and I'm, yeah, it was a really great experience. It's something I, yeah, like I said, I don't normally do, but it was a really great experience working with a writer on this and taking someone else's, you know, script and bringing that to life. So it was a that yeah. also I'm, I'm continuing to learn from the the that process. You know what I noticed about just going through the dailies, you know few times looking at the shots and then sending you like you know just clips or whatever just stills i noticed that film gravitates the art to a a a level that feels like it's already a movie we're on even playing ground right now right as we shoot film yeah this is something that aronofsky shoots this is something that you know kelly reichardt shoots this is something that you know uh lynn ramsey shoots it's I mean, there's something about the way that I was watching it that I was like, oh, if we had done it on digital or video or you had decided to do it on that, I don't think it would have the same sort of like heftiness that when you watch yeah. it, there's a gloss to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a little gravitas to, to shooting on film yeah. and there's a history, you know, a yeah. rich history of cinema that's that you're like standing on the shoulders of these giants yeah. you know and and yeah the, the 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 direction of the of the art form is going very in very different and very fast directions and yeah. that's all very interesting as well but like i i do love that tradition of cinema and how it you know i mean this is how it was done for yeah 100 years just shooting on celluloid so it it adds something yeah, to something it something about it that feels like now you have because I've said this in the past it's like we ha- we can't compete with a person who has like tens of millions of dollars right film is the 
is almost like the equalizer in that sense, right? Yeah, a little bit because you're doing something artistically and you're taking a a risk artistically and the material that you're burning light into a piece of plastic, you know, there's like something that elevates that whole thing. Uh, It's hard to put a finger on what it is. It's all this combination of uh, things and people. Um, yeah, I mean, not to sound pretentious about it, not to, but it's yeah, like I mean, really incredible to see, like, it looks like a movie Yeah, right I mean, away. We're, we're making, you know, there's a difference between making movies and making films, yeah. right? And and I love yeah. movies, and I love films, you know, but there's, so it's, it is pretentious, but we're making art, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, I feel like some of that can get lost in the digital shuffle a little bit, yeah. that you're making, I mean, look, there's the people that make digital cinema are incredible artists. Yeah, they yeah. are in, in, in all their own rights. And, it, but celluloid just is a different, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's oil painting versus watercolor. What, yeah. what, maybe not watercolor, but maybe like <laughs> digital painting, you know, I don't know. Uh, pixel painting. Yeah. So yeah. there's, it's something old fashioned about it and old timey and, yeah. uh, but also like incredible to be working with a material with your hands. It's very analog, you know, it's, I, I honestly don't believe there's an a, there's an algorithm that uh, can replicate the very irash, uh, erratic nature of chemicals reacting to other chemicals. Sure, that's my stance on that. And there was it was sort of backed up when I went to that um, to Evidence Cameras uh, uh, tutorial or workshop hmm. when um, they said, well, you know, digital is fixed fixed pixel. It's fixed pixel. Well, you can throw on a lot that sort of fakes film right? right but it also ha- it's an algorithm that has to repeat itself in- at some point there's no like in order to generate a, a crazy amount of random right. grain let's say sure. it would just burn out your system big time yeah. and it probably wouldn't read because it's just so much uh, memory being used to even replicate that right. so there is that sort of uh, we're going you know, into the weeds here, but like, it's really something I think you can't, I still don't believe you can replicate as much as people say they, especially 16, by the way, 35, you can come close 35. I will concede that 35. Yeah. There's some, there's some things that, you know, you can fool people into believing it was shot on film, but with, um, 16, I don't think you can. Yeah. I I mean, imperfections. Right. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you can approximate the look of, of digital uh, footage to look very close to, uh, you know, and sometimes maybe even indistingu- indistinguishable from film footage shot on celluloid. But uh, the, I, I just still, I think the, the, like, a main difference is those, those moments of how you prepare and how you, with what kind of energy you bring to it, while it's very similar and they're closely related because we're doing the same processes with the same, you know, sort of types of equipment, but there's just, it's, it's, it's that un, it's that, you know, undefinable energy uh, that everyone brings collectively to a film yeah. versus digital. It's just, there's something different about it yeah. um, that, well, you tapped onto it earlier, just as uh, a couple paragraphs I was rambling about, yeah. uh, the physicality of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you said, like, loading the film, mm. right? 
it's a tactile thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a piece of clay that you're loading into a magazine. Yeah, yeah. You know that like you gotta you got one shot at it. You you don't get to and unlike clay, you don't get to like scrap it and squish it and redo it. Like you burn it and it's done. Yeah. You know and yeah. and so there's that 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 immediacy that that like finality yeah. of uh, I think that's a big part of it because you get like once it's shot it's it's done you know and you do your absolute best to bring you know every part of your creativity and your craftsmanship to those moments uh in which you know you have to really you know you can't just like i don't know you can't change it or erase it or you know once it's done it's done and i love that that finality and i believe that for me at least it brings a level of um urgency and uh like attentiveness that i don't know maybe it, maybe it's just me re- reinventing like how i approach making films at this at this stage in my career but i well, love it um, i think i think the idea is like if you have a hard drive or a, a sd card or whatever that you can just wipe that card clean and i've said this in the past which is it, it feels like a really brutal thing to delete somebody's performance if you really care about the material that you're making and it feels like when you when you make a movie on film, you have to really care about that story because it's going to be there forever. And I mean, like it's going to be there in your, you know, closet sitting and that's the image is burned into that piece of plastic. You can't wipe that drive clean. It's not disposable. It's, it's for the history books. So I, I often say that archival, it's archival. And if you care about your project that much, you would care enough to archive it in a film process. In the digital world, I'm not so sure that people care about three hours of footage on one day because there's just so much. They're like, I can't watch through this anymore. Yeah. I would, I would uh, argue that because I, I deal with a lot of um, also directors who go back and revisit their stuff or DPs who go back and revisit their stuff. I'm always like, I'm always curious why they do that, right? Uh, one, I believe it's a better time for them when they were a lot more independently artistic. And two, I think they just kind of like having the archive of their, their material. And there's something to be said about that. And I don't know, are we that precious with digital uh, images? Hard to know, man. You know, it's I, I have all of the projects that I've ever made backed up on multiple hard drives, uh, you know, and yes, those like is there a physical thing that represents those images in those moments of time? No, there, there isn't. There's, it's all ones and zeros, um, which I can't wrap my brain around. I don't know how that works, but I know that, you know, I know that those files are in three different, at least three different places on my different hard drives that I have. And like, but if those all failed, it'd be gone because it's just electric signal, you know? Um, (laughs) I don't know how that stuff works necessarily, but I do like the idea of a piece of physical material that has stored upon it those moments of artistic creation and you know i'm i'm old enough now to like i have a bin of film prints from when i was a kid when we still were shooting projects or not projects we were shooting pictures on with film cameras yeah and and uh it's love it's it's fun to look through all of the actual prints of the thing and then like see the celluloid that's there and like those images are still in that celluloid. Yeah, it lasted that long. I wonder like sometimes if they philosophize about digital files more than we philosophize about film 
uh, film negatives. Man, I don't know. I, I don't. Not, I don't philosophize <laughs> about about my what's on my hard drives. I'm just happy that they didn't die and they're still there. I guess. So. Uh, well, the data people here tell me they will eventually die. Well, I yeah. go, oh, okay. Will and will even without even without use. That's the craziest part. Sure. Yeah. No. I. I mean, will they last? Will they outlive film? Uh, you know, celluloid stock. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. That would be no. <laughs> yeah, that would be no. But, well, that's the other thing. Are they training us not to care about that stuff now? Is is visual arts more disposable? That's interesting. I don't, I don't know the answer to that necessarily. I, um... I think, like, we don't... I don't know. I, I don't think we'll ever romanticize digital as much as we do film. Yeah, I don't know. You know the digital stuff. I, I mean, I like what I've done uh, with digital on digital uh, cameras. I, I'm definitely very romantic about film, you know, and what I think about it and how I feel about it. I feel very differently about it. Um, time will tell, I guess. And you know, I don't know that I won't shoot a digital uh, short film or a feature down the line. I, I like, this, you know, the the same company that makes the you know these short or these cameras made them in the past and that shoot film are now shooting digital you know they they're great but uh i don't know i just feel like definitely for now my journey is 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 definitely down the path of using celluloid as as the medium of capture yeah. uh because of all of those intangibles and and the romanticism of it and the, yeah. and the energy brought to it and i think because you also come from the theater and the acting background i think you really care about the people in front of the lens as well oh absolutely i mean absolutely yeah. that's those are the kinds of stories that i like to tell uh and and that are more intimate um and really you know the digital the bigger medium I, I you can do that digitally i'm sure you know but uh but i feel like the 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 celluloid medium really lends itself to those those uh those performances and those opportunities for actors to really breathe life into a story yeah. so i'm i'm definitely all in on on continuing to do that in this way are you writing another short or what, what's next? Not yet. Not for the moment. I, I want to finish this one first. I, I, you know, this is, uh, I really, I have other ideas for, for larger projects, but I've shot, this is my, what is it? My fourth short film now or fifth, but you know, so I don't necessarily want to keep just making shorts. I do want to make a feature. Um, and that's a larger task So So it, I will need some time to sort of prep and, uh, figure out how and where and all the particulars, but also, you know, and I've got a couple of shorts that I, I can see that were really meant to be features. So this this short I'm working on now is one of them. So um, just got to have some take some time, but I definitely am very focused on finishing uh, this this current project right now. Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we, we did got it. through it. Yeah, we did it. We, we got through it. We'll yeah. see the Super 8 first. Yeah, yeah, we'll see the, how the Super 8 turns out. But uh, Super 8 is something I know nothing about, I and I try little, my best. I know little about. I mean, I've only shot a few test rolls, and what I, what I shot and saw and had developed and scanned turned out really nice. So I'm, fa I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful with the camera and the film stock that we had that we're yeah. going to get really good results. Um, I, I feel pretty good about it. We'll see what happens when we get it back, of course. But I, I'd say this... Um, I say this to a lot of people who just kind of want to do something different or uh, 
or uh, risk things, have the, have the courage to do it yeah. regardless, you know, like I know there's going to be a lot of uh, disappointment, um, you know, like I'm not saying this is the case, but like I'm saying, you know, um, it's going to have some really frustrating moments in it. And I've always wonder how people push forward through past that, uh, that those frustrations. Uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, you just have to have the will to push through. And when you, you will inevitably be, you know, come across moments and, and when, when you're like, I'm disappointed or something didn't work out correct, uh, correctly or, or something was overexposed or out of focus or whatever, it is, like that wrecks that moment that was so yeah. important to you that breaks your heart that you just didn't get it or whatever. And, and you have to roll with the punches and then be, I mean, and be creative in post. Like you're not done making the movie once you shoot it and get it, get the footage back. You know yeah. that third phase of, of like, well, you still have to go to post with everything, and you still and you get to be creative in that arena as well yeah. during the making of that portion of the film. So you know, don't you can't allow just you know yourself to get discouraged. You have to push through. And if something didn't work out, like then you look for the silver lining in whatever rain cloud is like ruining your day in the moment and i've been there i've been disappointed and let down and like found a way to you know get through it as best you can and and uh and work with what you have but like you know you just you do your best to set yourself up for success and when things don't work out you still have a good amount hopefully of of things that are uh gonna allow you to find you know where you feel really great about what you made and i'm you know, after watching the dailies, I'm, I have no doubt, like, as long as that super eight footage turns <laughs> out good, but I think it will. My friend, um, Skinner, uh, he just made a feature on film on 16. Oh, really? And, nice. uh, yeah, the sleeping Negro. If you guys have an opportunity to watch it, please do. It's great. It's incredible cool. art. Yeah. It is art. But, uh, he goes, uh, somebody asked him during the Q and a, uh, why'd you shoot on film? <laughs> <laughs> so, his answer was funny because it was very, it was kind of painful, but it's like, he's talking about the tattoos he's gotten. <laughs> and he goes, it, yeah, I got these tattoos and they hurt like hell to get them, but I just kind of want another tattoo. Yeah. So that being said, do you just want to keep shooting now? <laughs> I, I definitely do. I definitely do. And, and, uh, you know, like once we got done, you just want to keep shooting, right? I did, yeah. And, and, and you know, the better you, the more you do something, the better you get at it. And like, you know, if, if you can't necessarily master film, but you can definitely get better at it. And, yeah. and there's so many, you know, Tony Scott is a great example. Like, God, it was amazing, creative, you know, use of film yeah. as a medium. Like, man, to learn some of these techniques, like when you get, get better and you, you know, you get better as you go along and then you can be more free to experiment and be creative within those confines. And, and like you've said this to me, like, uh, you know, nobody's mastered film yet. Nobody's mastered the medium. Like, so you can still discover ways to be creative and ways to express moments uh, on celluloid that have not been thought of before. And that is exciting to me. Uh, right now I'm excited just to like get better at it, Yeah. you know, and to practice more. So I, I would... I feel like my next project on film is probably going to be something where I can sort of flex my, you know, newly forming muscles a little <laughs> bit and maybe do like a, a music video or something yeah. that I can just be just 
be creative, you yeah. know, and whereas like, you know, with a narrative uh, subject, you, you maybe are really concentrating on telling that story yeah. first and foremost. So, yeah. But, I mean, uh, let's be honest here. Uh, it wasn't like you, most people who start off on film play it very conservative, conservatively. Right. You did not. No. <laughs> Underwater. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. And I, because I, you know, I, I get that like, you know, we, we can, we can tell a story, but like you can tell a boring story too. So you got to like, we are making art yeah. and like, let's be creative and let's take risks. We're okay. taking risks anyway by spending all this money on film stock and what, like, like, let's make it cool yeah you know let's make it look beautiful let's make it look terrible and and like use it yeah. you know let's take those risks uh as artists as filmmakers as storytellers like all of that stuff will help you know in in whatever way it can it'll help you push that story forward or 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 entertain people or make people feel things like and it's fun at yeah. the same time like man what's better i don't yeah. know no, going back to what you were saying about like what's what the what's our point of being here if we're not doing this, right? I thought about that as well. Like the other day, I was like, I'm spending a lot of money on these film cameras. <laughs> and thank you, and thank you, Tom. Thank no, you for that. I'm like, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> and I put out this post, which <laughs> oh, this is so dumb. I go. Hey, buy that camera. <laughs> if you're thinking sec, if you're thinking twice about it, just get it. Yeah. We don't have another, you know, we're not going to, we have a short period of time that we live on this earth. Right. Buy that film stock. Buy that camera. Right. Not, you know, obviously don't, don't be, yeah, you know, Keep the roof over your head. Yeah, keep but, the roof over that and eat. But if you can, like, let's, and you're going to use it. Yeah. And not use it as a paperweight. Right. Get it and start shooting and stuff. And start shooting stuff and making, being creative because we don't. Our communication, you know, we I often think about why we are even telling stories or making movies, right? Yeah. And it, it's therapy for it's, both sides. Absolutely. People I mean, it's collective. You know, for thousands of years, we've been telling stories to each other and, and to, yeah. to learn and to progress and to feel things and experience things. And and uh, it it's, you know, the... The medium of storytelling is incredibly valuable to the human race, you know, the yeah. human per people. So, like, we got to keep doing it. We got to keep exploring. And, and uh, even on, like, very small levels, like, you, you don't know necessarily how, like, maybe maybe this film I just made is not going to speak to everybody, but it'll speak to a couple people wherever That's across the world. Yeah. You know, as long as you can try to get it in front of them, yeah. uh, then... You're you're pushing the human experience forward and, and being a part of it and and helping people, you know, hopefully and making the world a better place along the way. That's that's my goal. So, I um I I thought about like you know the caveman sitting around the fire telling stories, sure, right, or drawing on the walls and just kind of pointing it out like a PowerPoint presentation that they do, like <laughs> caveman yeah. PowerPoint uh -huh. presentation, and the flickering light of the fire, right? Yeah. All right. That's why I don't shoot digital, <laughs> because there's that. That's the organic way of doing it, right? Versus Og sitting there telling his story, and then somebody else next to him translating in ones and zeros or whatever that is. Yeah. So I think there's like sort of a filter when it comes to like the way we tell stories through a visual organic medium versus like you know having it translated to us. In that sense, I know I'm being kind of really super pretentious when it comes to saying that kind of stuff, but. I know uh, also that that's probably 
bunch of gibberish to a lot of people, but there's some, I think there's something inherently primitive about the way we do these things that uh, hit to hit us to our core, which is why I think a lot of people argue about movies all the time. Oh sure, Isn't that I crazy? mean, yeah, they, I mean, they're if they're experiencing something together, which is a great aspect of cinema and, and that's cinema. why we yeah we go to movie theaters to experience it together yeah. even from different perspectives and then we can come together and argue about yeah. it or <laughs> commiserate about it or yeah. or, or agree about it and feel things together about it like that's yeah. that's incredible you know and that's i think that's part of it that's part of movie I, making and i've definitely lost friends arguing about movies really it's bad ah, well <laughs> that's how much we care yeah or how much Maybe i care anyway and that's valuable too. That's that's you know that uh, sometimes maybe that's the way it's supposed to go. I don't know, but yeah. Are films getting uh, better or worse? Both, I think. I think. I think a lot of films are you know they're becoming homogenous in a lot of ways. Uh, we're catering to audiences more than we are telling stories that telling will story. challenge audiences. Yeah. I think there's plenty of filmmakers out there that are doing the latter, and they're they're telling compelling and challenging stories uh, that that you know. And but people like to be appeased, and people like popcorn, and people like flashing lights and pretty colors, and yeah. so Noises. you know. I think there's yeah. I think that there's it's like it's kind of getting. And there's so much of it out there now that it is getting worse and better because there are still filmmakers out there that are like towing that cinema line, and and there's older filmmakers that are that are throwing down the gauntlet at at, at the rest of us, you know, at filmmakers and saying like, hey, cinema's dead. Yeah. But but really, they're what I feel like they're saying is like it's gonna be dead if you don't pick it up and you and you don't that's push exactly. forward, which is absolutely the, that's the absolutely that's agree. what I'm hearing, and so yeah. I want to I want to make. Yeah, and from my... They're challenging. Yeah, my uh, theatrical background and having those moments between myself and an audience, like real moments that you feel something more than like someone just feeding you information, but you feel something collectively and you feel the synergy. And I I know that can happen uh, in a movie theater and through through watching films. So I want to continue trying to do that as much as I can. Well, thanks for joining us in the cellulite ashram, man. It's you finally an, made it. It's an honor. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh no, I can't be on the cellulite <laughs> ashram yet. I haven't made anything yet, but now I feel like I'm. It's okay that I'm on here. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like Swizz has been on this thing. It's like, right. Well, and, we, and, you know, and the I'll anticipation. Finish, I'll finish my film and we'll put it out there for everybody, and and yeah. and I, I have faith that it's going to turn out pretty good, and and we'll we'll see. But I, I definitely want to keep on. You know, making films. Well, I'm absolutely uh, excited to hear and see your next project because you know the I can tell like just the amount of effort that you took in to just get this made and the, the sort of a commitment that you had in terms of wanting to shoot it on film is. I don't, yeah, there, I mean, some people just kind of oh yeah, it's a it's a novelty, but I I think you it seems like you really. Are committed to this oh absolutely it's, I, absolutely it's it's a viable mode of of storytelling and and filmmaking and i'm definitely uh committed to continuing doing so making film shot on film so yeah. i can't wait to make 
the next thing, right? I'm very excited to continue my own personal journey of discovery and, and creativity uh, down this road with, with these tools. Um, but I do want to say, like, I can't do this alone, and I had so much help, and I'm incredibly thankful to everyone that helped me make this uh, short film and continues to help me, and especially yeah. you. you. You've been awesome yeah. uh, and incredibly helpful. I can't thank you enough. No problem, Jack. This is how I. This is how we. That's how we continue. And the only payment that is involved is just pass it on to the next generation. That's the thing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and I want to help uh, other filmmakers that you know uh, are coming and starting their own journey on filmmaking uh, in film or what or what have you. Like, I'd love to give it back and to help anybody with with their projects. So that's great. Um, and yeah. and of course, you're a man of your word. So. That's the, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, uh, everybody out there in celluloid ashram world. (laughs) Till the next time. All right. Talk to you later.